one of the big pillars of feng shui is to um, have a space and a life and a body that is comfortable and safe. Because as human beings, that's what we seek. So I often ask my clients, what's your favorite room in the house? And, And then we dig into why. And then normally, usually, it's a balance of everything. So we seek balance as human beings. We sit down in it. We enjoy it. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome back to In My Non-Expert Opinion. If you're wondering why I am so happy, it is because I'm reunited with my partner in Germany, and I am going to tell you all about it in just a second. But welcome back to In My Non-Expert Opinion. This podcast covers lifestyle, travel, mindset, manifestation, and entrepreneurship. I always provide little updates in the beginning about my life. So if you're wondering why the hell I'm talking about Germany, then you should probably listen to the past few episodes. I moved abroad to Australia last year, and then I met my partner in Byron Bay. He's German, so we moved to Germany after our visas were up, and then I had to go back home for the last three months, reset my time abroad because you can only be abroad on a tourist visa for 90 days, and now I am back here. So I made it through, and if you're wondering how I did that, it wasn't easy. Germany has a lot of red tape, and I had to basically print out a lot of paperwork My boyfriend had to write me an invitation to come. We had to show proof of our relationship with paperwork, with photos. I had to have a negative COVID test. I mean, this was not easy breezy, but it's not impossible. And that's why I like to share that because a lot of times people will read things and hear things like, oh, I just can't go abroad right now. I can't travel. I can't do anything. And yes, partially that is true, right? We're in the middle of a a global pandemic. You can't just be on a tourist visa planning to like go visit Berlin and Munich and do a beer tour, right? I'm here with my partner and we're in lockdown. So that's why I was able to travel here. So it's not impossible, but there was a very specific reason why I'm here. And it was on a list of allowed people in. I'm an unmarried partner, but I'm still a partner. So that's why I was allowed in. So I like to share that because I know a lot of my listeners are actually traveling abroad right now, whether that is Australia or Europe or even New Zealand or really anywhere. And it's so helpful, I think, to hear some of these tips and and insights into how people are traveling right now. So if you do have questions, let me know. And you can always reach out on my Instagram at Chelsea Rife or just reach out on my website and we can chat and see, you know, what's going on and see if I can help you with any abroad questions. And by the way, I've done a ton of podcasts on this. I've talked about living in a hostel during the middle of coronavirus. I've talked about how I started my business during the middle of everything while I was abroad. I did a whole Australia recap. So Go back probably like 10, 15, 20 episodes and you'll hear all of those stories. So yeah, you'll get a ton of value out of those. So yeah, that's the update on Germany. And I definitely want to touch also on my one-on-one coaching. I announced a few weeks ago that my one-on-one coaching is now open and I've been getting a ton of DMs about it, what it is, what it consists of, you know, what's involved. And so I definitely want to add more context here. My one-on-one coaching is six months long. And it's fully one-on-one, so it's a bunch of live calls with me. You're not in a group setting. This isn't you watching pre-recorded videos in a course format. It's you and I working together live on a call. Now, what specifically it is, it's truly helping you find guidance around your next steps in life, whether that is narrowing down your purpose, whether it's launching your business, whether it's healing your relationship to money or attracting a partner. These are all things that we start to get stuck on in life because they're really big changes, right? Everything I just mentioned is a huge, huge change. And our nervous system usually starts to shut down when we're about to make a big change. And our ego pipes up and is like, nope, alert. I don't want to do that. Do not change. Stay exactly where you are. And that's where I end up meeting a lot of my clients is like they have this beautiful vision. They know what they want to do in their life. They have this pull to do it but they get really caught up in overwhelm, anxiety, stress, and just feeling lost on what to do. So what we do together is really help you bridge that gap. What steps can we take? What habits can we develop? What type of thoughts can we reframe to get you through that process and on the other side? So really what it comes down to is three phases are identify, reprogram, and integrate. Identify the main areas that we want to focus on and expand. So during the six months, 
We do one 90-minute call a month together, which is a lot of time. And you get unlimited voice access between the calls, which is amazing because I love to celebrate my clients, help them answer any questions or move through any processes. But I do want to identify one to two main areas that we want to focus on and then work through those. Then we move to step two, which is reprogram. Now, this is where we work on the subconscious mind to reprogram your belief system and thought patterns. And we do this through a variety of ways, whether that's meditation, journaling, reframing exercises, breathing techniques, whatever the case may be. But I want to reiterate, I am very, very grounded and practical. And I almost always show my clients some scientific framework or background to back up what I'm talking about. And then I do layer it with spirituality. You guys know that if you've listened to my podcast in the past, I would say like 10 have been very spiritual. I'm interviewing a shaman next week. So, you know, sometimes I will integrate Oracle cards or I might get a download that I feel is coming from my guides or I might use a pendulum or something like that. But I like to share that because it's not one way or the other, but it is very practical. So if you come to me with something that you're trying to work on, I'm not just going to say, oh, write a bunch of affirmations and we'll see what happens. It's like, let's write the affirmations, talk about them, but like work through them, breathe through them, meditate on them, like what's going on. And maybe affirmations aren't for you. Maybe we need to figure out another tool. So this is why I love one-on-one because it is so, so tailored to you and what you want to work on. And then we figure out what tools we need to get there. So that's the reprogram phase. And then the third one is integration. So integration is key to me. I don't do any workshops, courses, masterclasses, or calls without including an integration practice, because if you can't integrate what we're talking about, it's going to be really hard to see changes, right? I don't want my clients to just leave and be like, wow, I'm so inspired. That was, that was such a great call. And then like fall flat on their face in the next day and be like, I have no idea what I'm doing. It's like riding a bike for two seconds and then just falling off of it. It's like, no, no, no. I'm not there to ride the bike for you. I want you to ride the bike and figure out what you're doing. And the only way you can do that is to get on the bike, right? So integration is so, so key. And we really start small and in baby steps so that you can see those shifts in your mindset and your reality. So if you want homework, we'll definitely give you homework and assignments, but I'm not going to overload you. I'm not going to say, you know, go read a book and start a breathwork practice and start doing eight other things and build a morning routine that's three hours long. That's not my style. I am very much a fan of let's move small and steady so that these practices and habits and thought patterns are actually life lasting, like long lasting, not just the six months. I want my clients to feel so confident in what they're learning that they don't need me. And I know that sounds weird, right? Like I'm a coach. You would think I would want to keep working with clients over and over again. And usually I do. I do have clients that renew with me. I just had two clients renew for another six months. That's common. But the goal is not to work with them for like the next five years, right? I want them to learn to ride the bike and then feel so confident in their evolution that they're like, great, I can ride this bike, no hands. Like I'm off. And that's the goal is that you're off to the races and you can do all this on your own. And I do find that the six months is a really nice sweet spot to get all those phases in action and working together. So like I said, I do use a variety of evidence-based tools as well as spirituality, energy work, visualization, and it's all meant to guide you and yourself through clarity. It's really to empower yourself. I want you to tap into that power, reclaim what you know is yours and bridge that gap and finally move through all the stagnation that you might be feeling. So that's what the one-on-one is about. It's made up of six 90-minute calls, as well as two group mastermind calls with everybody that's in my one-on-one program, the unlimited voice note access, and then access to one course or masterclass that we do during our time together. I'm really flexible with payment plans. I have a payment plan that starts at just $444 a month, and then I do have bonuses if you pay in full including extra calls, access to my old courses, and an Oracle card reading. So if you are interested, DM me at Chelsea Rife. You can always go to my website, ChelseaRife.com, and fill out an application. And of course, I will include all of this in the show notes as well. So yes, I would love to hear from you if you're interested in one-on-one coaching, and I'm so excited to welcome three new beauties into the one-on-one container. Now, today's guest is so exciting because it's a topic that I've been wanting to cover for a long time. And I was like, I don't know anybody that covers this. And then out of nowhere, someone emailed me and was like, hey, I think I have a guest you might like for your show. 
and it was exactly what I was looking for. It is a guest on Feng Shui. This is such an exciting episode with Dawn Reynolds. She's a Feng Shui practitioner, and she tells us all the elements, the colors, the the rules, I mean, everything. I'm talking about like where to put your mirror, what to do with your bathroom, um, screens, all these different things are part of feng shui. And it is so, so cool. It's a really cool topic. I mean, it's interesting too, because I was like, there's no way this is in Germany. And then I remembered when I was walking around with my boyfriend one time, there's actually a center here that focuses on that. So I'm like, okay, Germans are very logical and practical and blunt and not like warm and fuzzy. So the fact that there is a feng shui center in the area that I'm in, which is a really small town, shows that this practice is very, very necessary. And it really is something that people not only believe in, but it enhances their lives. So when when I say believe in too, I think sometimes people hear those words, feng shui, and they're like, I don't even know if I'm saying it right. I hope I am. (laughs) Where people hear these words and they're like, well, I don't know. That sounds woo-woo. That's too spiritual. But it really is about the environment and the spaces you live in. And we cannot deny that that doesn't affect us, right? That is literally why we choose places to live. That's why we go apartment shopping. That's why you go to Home Goods or West Elm or TJ Maxx or wherever you shop to get certain things for your home. That's why you have Pinterest boards. That's why you paint your house different colors, right? That's all because of the energy of the rooms and the spaces that you live in. And so to talk about how to actually enhance that was such an eye-opening conversation. It already has me thinking about my room of like, okay, maybe we could move this. I don't know about that one thing over there. And I did a full-on deep cleaning yesterday, deep organization, everything, and I feel so much better. And now I'm ready to move things around. And I actually feel like my energy is different, which I know everybody can relate to, right? When you clean, you feel better. But not only that, when you clean, but when you like have intention with your items, like what is this mirror doing here? What is this artwork doing here? What are the colors that are representing my personality or my expression? And Dawn shares so much insight. You're definitely going to want to like get a notebook and take notes because she really spills all the details on Feng Shui. She also offers an amazing freebie, which I'll include in my show notes. And she's offering discounts on her consultation, which is amazing. I mean, hello, a discount on a personalized Feng Shui consultation, 20% off. That's huge. So you can just use Chelsea 20 when you check out with her on her website. And again, I will include all of that in the show notes. All right, without further ado, let's dive into this amazing episode all about feng shui with Don Reynolds. Okay, everyone, I have a fun little manifestation story. I was really hoping for a feng shui expert to come on the show and tell us all about feng shui. And I realized I didn't know anybody in my circle or life that I could think of. And randomly, I was talking to somebody on email and they mentioned, by the way, I listened to your podcast and think you should have my friend on. She's a feng shui practitioner. And now I'm connected to Dawn Reynolds and she's on the show. So welcome to the show, Dawn. Hey, thanks for having me. I am so excited to get into this. I mean, first and foremost, let's just talk about what feng shui is and its origin. Can you walk us through that? Sure, sure. So feng shui is a an, an ancient Chinese traditional practice. From It's over 3,000 years old. So back in the day, they would use feng shui to find the optimal uh, location to put up their towns and build homes and structures. So they would have everything they needed for protection, as well as to nourish their communities and their homes and their people. So that's what it comes from. And feng shui literally means wind and water. So the ancient Chinese, when they were looking for an ideal spot, it was, they were looking for what is called the seat of the dragon. So you would need mountains behind you, you would need trees around you, and down in the front, you would need a water source because that's commerce and economy and that's food. And the mountains serve as a protection behind you. And so that's the wind and you have the water in front and that means your life in its, uh, its harmony and it's bringing in a harmonious balance to that area. And that's what we seek 
when we use feng shui. We want to bring harmony and balance to your life. And from that, great things flow. Good luck, abundance, all of it. Wow. This is so fascinating. And I feel like it became pretty mainstream this year. I just remember seeing a huge manifestation coach named Manifestation Babe talk about it on her podcast. And then all of a sudden, I followed someone who had a feng shui consultation in their home. And then it was like, wait, why is this popping up everywhere? I saw a coach actually bring a practitioner into her program to let everybody know how to set up their offices. And I was like, wow, this is fascinating. So how did you specifically get into this work? Oh, my goodness. It was such a long time ago where I found feng shui. I must have been just just out of college. And um, I used to, I've always been a creative and a designer. And I, back in the day, you could get two dozen roses in New York City for 10 bucks. And I love dried roses and petals. So I was drying all these roses thinking I would like weave a canopy for a bed and it would be this beautiful romantic thing. And then I thought I would might work with ABC Carpet and Home and kind of pitch to them. And then I don't know how I came across the article, but it was an article about feng shui and it said that dried flowers were dead energy. (gasps) I died. (laughs) (laughs) I joked. I was like, dead energy in my bedroom? Oh, I throw those suckers out so fast. (laughs) And I just, from that point on, it just, everything seemed to resonate with me which was what they talked about. So let's say at that time I had an apartment down on the Lower East Side. Um, And, you know, you throw things under your bed. Well, you're not supposed to have anything under your bed. If you have shoes under your bed, it means love walks in and out of your life. And all these little tips and tools just resonated with me. And so I don't don't put anything under my bed anymore. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, this is like, there's so, there's such a fascinating concept around what it means and the energy work and, you know, how we can incorporate this to really enhance our lives. So for you specifically, what has it done? Oh, it has, it has allowed me to become friends with change. You know, there are three big pillars in um, feng shui that just resonate with our lives. The first one is that Everything is made of energy, the buildings, the floor, the air, us, everything. Everything is connected and everything changes. So once I realize that every day we change, we wake up, we've changed our minds, the trees have changed, the flowers have have grown or, you know, Um, the air has changed, the buildings have changed. We're all so connected. And once I realized that that is something I can rely on and count on, then it calmed me down. And you don't, um, you just worry a lot less. And so once I realized that, because you know, you're trying to do the career thing and you're in New York City and you're traveling abroad and all that, but, and, and change happens. And people get to change in your life. And, you know, I know you, I know when I'm in a relationship and you've changed and you want to change something, it's not always welcomed with loving kindness, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) we can certainly allow ourselves to embrace change. So that's kind of been the big takeaway. And I've just, it's my lifestyle. It has truly mm. transformed my lifestyle. Wow. This is, this is so powerful because it's also, it's clearly something that we haven't heard too much about, like at least in my inner circle, but at the mm-hmm. same time seems simple when you just put it into practice. But I'm curious, what was like the first thing you did in your house or your space to implement this practice of feng shui? Oh, the big thing that I concentrate on and I tell everyone to do is your entryway. So the outside of your home, a lot of us have condos or apartments, so you don't have a lot of control over the outside, but your entryway, whether it's on the inside or you can incorporate both, you have control over both. That is the key because that you want your entryway to be entrancing. 
you want it to, everything that you have there is your greeter and it welcomes the energy, which is a big word that's thrown around these days. And I'll talk about what, what energy actually is and means in a minute, but, um, it, it, it carries the vibe that people are welcomed with when they walk through your door and it represents you. So my big thing that I did was I moved into this new place and I looked around because you should check your artwork. And I looked around and there's this beautiful piece by um, Andrew Wyeth and he's from Maine and he's very stark. He does things that are very gray and kind of cloudy. And it was this black woman and she's sitting there and she looks like she's upset. And I realized when I look at that and all this other artwork in my house, I was like, holy crap, there's nothing but a bunch of single women looking upset. <laughs> I, like, I don't want that. I'm looking for a relationship. I'm looking for a man. I had to. And they're beautiful pieces and everyone loves them, but I had to take them down. That's not mm. what I want to represent for anyone that walks through the door. And that's not the energy that I want in my life. So I had to really look in my own home and see what is my greeter the moment I walk in the door and do I smile? Do I take that exhalation, you know, that you walk in and you're like, oh, I am home, you know? So that was my big takeaway. Wow. What about mirrors? I have heard a lot about mirrors and entryways. Can you walk us through if they're good or bad or is it even a conversation of good or bad? I'd love to know more about the mirror concept. Oh, mirrors. Mirrors are very, very, okay. Mirrors represent water, the water element. And they they are very active energy. So the deal with the mirrors is you don't, in terms of the entryway, and we'll talk about it in terms of your bedroom in two seconds. But for the entryway, you don't want it directly across from the front door when you open the door because the chi and the energy flow that comes through bounces right back out so you don't want that um mm. the the saying goes um energy flows where the eye goes so you want the eye to bounce right and left like it's flowing through a river so that it flows in your home so that's why you shouldn't have it directly across from you when you open the door now let's talk about mirrors in your bedroom. So mirror in the bed, mirrors are active energy. So you're not going to necessarily get a restful sleep. So I tell people, you know, you may not be able to take the mirror out of your bedroom, but you can certainly cover it up. If you have, let's say, mirrored bifold doors for the closet, you can hang curtains that you can open up. And then at night, you can close them up. Um, a friend of mine, her son wasn't sleeping well. He's little and everything was active. The The sheets were, you know, bright red, primary colors, things like that. Strong, active energy. And he had those bifold doors. And I told her to just cover them up. And he sleeps much better. Because, you know, you want to, bedrooms are for rest and romance. So you don't need that active energy in there to distract you from what it's meant for. This just brought up an idea I hadn't even thought of about how Black Mirror, the show, talks about that's like a black screen. Mm -hmm. What about screens and TVs and all that stuff in rooms? Oh, um, their active energy, even when things are turned off, they represent that active energy. So... Um, I cover my mirror. I cover my TV with a piece of fabric at night. Ooh. You can cover it up. If you can put it in a cabinet and close it off, that's better. I don't have that option. So I cover it with a beautiful piece of fabric that I have. It's actually a scarf that someone gave me years ago that I think is pretty. Um, so I just cover them with that. What do you say to clients? Because I imagine when you talk to clients or you're helping someone with their space, they might have some resistance to move things around because in their mind, it probably just looks good. Like, well, I want the mirror there. You know, I want this over here. And I imagine you have some pushback, especially maybe telling someone, hey, every night you need to put a scarf or a piece of fabric over the TV 
and they might just be like, that's too much work. I don't want to do that. How do you deal with that resistance? Oh, there's so much resistance to it. So I had this one client, it took her probably about four months after we had the consultation and she just said, I'll just do it. And you know, when we're ready to move forward and embrace a little bit of change and step out of that comfort zone, you know, we all want to up level. That's why we're doing all this. Um, that's when they do it. And I just have to say, well, when you're ready, you'll be able to do it. And I also do accountability coaching. So I have found that they need a little more hand holding. But I mean, they can give me as much pushback as they want. And I will happily with loving kindness say so what's your resistance let's talk about what what your block is to this and then maybe I need to soften the change that I'm offering them because you know I want to work with them in that space we're not doing let's say compass feng shui which is very directional and there's kind of a yes or no there's and my feng shui, which is form school feng shui, is very fluid because life is fluid and people are fluid. So you work with where they are. There's nothing truly wrong. And you kind of have to step back and give them maybe micro steps <laughs> to get to the big change. But, you know, you figure it out. Yes. My last podcast was literally called Baby Steps That Create Massive Change. Oh, my goodness. Because... Because I know what you're talking about. If you tell someone, hey, do these 20 things by tonight, they're going to be like, no, (laughs) especially their home where you are. We're all in a pandemic. Like a lot of people are already home and they're like, I don't want to move things around. I don't want to do that. So that makes a lot of sense to start small. And actually speaking of the pandemic, I'm assuming maybe you got a flux of inquiries when people were like, okay, I like work and live and do everything at home now, especially if you're a parent where your child was sent home to mm-hmm. do homeschooling, that probably changed the game. Have you seen an uptick in feng shui the, during the pandemic? I've seen an uptick in the interest. I think people are hesitant to um, order necessarily a consultation because it's not in person, it's virtual. So they have to be comfortable with working with you virtually. And I think people really want to feel that energy where you're walking, you're standing next to them and Mm. they're embracing you in their home. But I I have gotten quite a few, I've done quite a few remote consultations. There is another woman who, um, Barbie, Barbie Jordan, she's from um, Connecticut and she just finally sold her home. So she just couldn't figure out why it wasn't selling. And um, she found me, she did a Google search and found me and I did a consultation with her and the place was immaculate, but there were some things that needed to be adjusted. Um, And I could tell uh, with the entryway, making it, let's say the door should open. So it welcomes two people to walk through together because you're selling mm. to um, small families or, or young families. So they need to have that um, entrance open to opportunity for them to raise their family. So there are little tiny bits and bites of things that you could do. And so she was one of the clients and she did after that consultation, the home sold, the energy changed, the home sold. And she's in New Mexico, not dealing with snow. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. Wow. yeah. It's kind of cool. That is nuts. What about um, with sentimental items? Like, you know, if someone has something sentimental from their grandparent or, you know, a loved one. Is there something to be said about those sentimental items or do you really have to get into what it means before deciding where to place it or get rid of it? So sentimental items that you've inherited that you don't necessarily, everything in your home should speak to who you are and where you are in the present. And I have been guilty of this as well. I have things from aunts and my mother and all kinds of people. Um, But if it doesn't speak to you now, you're not dishonoring them by giving it a new home. So it's a discussion to have with someone and say, it's okay to let it go. And um, 
it served you when you needed it. And then you can give it to someone else because someone else is probably looking for that piece. So when I moved to this house, I bought a chandelier from, do you remember the Bombay Company? I don't think so. That store had the best stuff. And it was this beautiful chandelier like 15 years ago. I moved into an apartment. The ceilings were too low for the chandelier. I kept holding on to it. I had to literally move this thing around to walk around everywhere. And then when I bring it over here to this house, I had to keep moving it around to get around things. And I just knew I was supposed to let it go because that's it was meant for someone else. The moment I let that thing go, the perfect lamp came into my life, which I was not expecting. And so you learn to let those things go. And I just talk to people and say, you're honoring those who gave them to you because they gave them to you with love, but you don't have to hang on to them. And they'll be okay if they don't see it on the mantle. So true. And what a lesson in letting something go to make space for the new. I imagine that happens with almost everybody you work with. Yeah. It's, it's so interesting when you, um, get rid of the clutter and I hate to call it clutter. And I know there's the whole Marie Kondo thing, but um, those are things that have meant something to you at a certain point in your life. And they gave you that comfort and safety, which is one of the big pillars of feng shui is to um, have a space and a life and a body that is comfortable and safe because as human beings that's what we seek so i often ask my clients what's your favorite room in the house and and then we dig into why and then normally usually it's a balance of everything so we seek balance as human beings we sit down in it we enjoy it so let's say you know the big fancy magazines like architectural digest and all those those pictures are stunning of those kitchens that are stark and white with stainless steel, but nobody lives in that. It's not comfortable Mm. to sit in that. We end up going to the room that looks a little warmer, more lived in, has a plant because we're bringing in a balance of all those elements that make human beings comfortable because that's what we want. Comfort. You've been talking too about energy and how that word has really maybe been used in a wrong way, or maybe we just don't have a clear understanding of what it truly means. So can you walk us through what your version of energy is and how you incorporate it? Sure. So energy, when we talk about energy and manifestation, energy is that vibe you feel when you meet someone or when you go into a space, a building or someone's home. And sometimes you can't put your finger on it, but you're like, nope, I don't vibe with them. This is not. mm -mm." Because I've had friends of mine when I've met people, let's say for business. So I used to own a baked goods business and I used to have to look for commercial kitchens to work in. And I, the last one, I met the owner and I was like, "Mm, I don't know what it is, but mm -mm, I can't come here. And it's just that vibe and that energy. Let's say, um, you meet someone and it's dating and then you finally go to go over to his house and then you can see why you walk in. You're like, Oh, this is why he's so stoic. Everything is beige. There's no life in this place. So then you kind of get it. So that's what energy is. It's that vital life source feeling, which is those in that intuitive hit you get when you meet someone or you enter a room and you and an idea comes to mind or you know so it's that energetic vibe that everything possesses that's their the energy i love it because it's true they're like people have energy objects yeah. have energy colors have energy yes. like all this comes into play and colors specifically to me, like change the entire mood of a room. So do colors, like I'm assuming they mean something in feng shui, but can you walk us through like kind of the rainbow and how colors play into it? Absolutely. So when you, when one of the greatest tools for feng shui is the Bagua map and the Bagua map is uh, a rectangle that represents 
all the areas of life that you want to try to keep in balance. And then you have this harmonious, wonderful life. So let's say for like wealth and prosperity, they're co- the colors that are strong for wealth and prosperity are red, obviously gold, like red is an energy color. It's strong. It's money. It is a money. It draws money to you. So, um, you would have that. And the purple is a color of royalty. Royalty is money. So that's what it means in that sense. Let's say um, helpful people in travel, those are grays and whites. Um, children in creativity, those are pastels. And um, grounding obviously would be yellow because that is the sun and it's the warmth of the browns of the earth and that is the center of your home and that grounds the entire space and the energy of that floor plan. So, um, and green means growth because trees and plants grow up. So you, if you have greens, which is of course health and family, that corner of your life, um, it means it's growing and um, thriving. So those relationships are thriving in that way. Let's say love and marriage, those are reds and pinks represent the love and marriage corner, of course, because the heartbeat is connected to red and pinks are romantic. So yeah, the the colors of the rainbow absolutely affect your psyche, your energy, and the energy of the people who um, walk through your doors. Can we walk through two concepts that people might have? For example, let's say abundance. And you mentioned red is a great color for that. But Mm -hmm. I imagine a room isn't like red sheets, red pillows, red lamp, (laughs) red walls. Like what? Like, but people might think, oh, well, that means abundance. So how do you like balance the colors? And let's say someone comes to you and is like, I would like to enhance the abundance in my life. What do you recommend for that? Oh, well, so there are five elements in feng shui and they are fire, earth, metal, water, and wood. So what I like to do when I go into a space is balance each of those elements in that space. So for instance, in the wealth and prosperity area, so my wealth and prosperity area is in my garage for my first floor. So I'm not painting it red. It's not going to happen, but it does need to be clean and neat and organized. And then I balanced it with purple. So I had, let's say, leftover paint that was lavender. I tried to paint something lavender. So the door to the outside, I painted the lavender. And then I put a little representation of an image of wealth and what means wealth to me. So... For anyone, that could be a Maserati, a picture of a Maserati. You could, and and then mind you, when I when I talk about all these enhancements, they don't have to be seen by everyone. So you may live in a house with someone who is not buying any of this. They don't want to see it in their space. So you can hide it. You can put it behind an end table or underneath something. Um, so you also have that option as well. When I say let's burning a, oops, sorry about that. When I say burn a candle, um, a candle can be representative. A red candle brings in the fire element in the um, actual fire, right? So a candle and the color. And that could just be sitting there. So there are many ways to tweak what people bring into that area. Another fire element is um, animals and people. But it could be a representation of it. So it can be an animal print rug or a scarf, you know. So there are many ways to bring balance into an area. But if you do it with an overwhelming um, application of the red or the purple, you're going to get too much of what you think you're seeking. So if you're, let's say, single, and you have you you're looking for a man you want more sex in your life oh you might get more sex in your life you might have plenty of men who are willing to come over 
and you can have sex all day, every day. It might judge up your sex life, but were you looking for partnership? Because if that was the key, then we've got to dial down that specific color and we need to have a more balanced area. Wow. That is so interesting that, yeah, there's like a specific intention, like just saying, I want more sex. Well, is that with a partner? Is that with 20 people? Like we need to get specific about it. So what happens in a consultation with you? Like, do people know what they want or do you prompt them? I would love to hear more about that. Oh, so what's so interesting is people, um, they say they know what they want and then I'll do a general walkthrough of a home. And then I'll walk through space by space and say, okay, so tell me about only having one nightstand in your bedroom. Well, I just didn't think I could fit it and I didn't need it. But if you want to invite someone to feel like they want to be a partner in your home, you need to. Because the symbolism of one nightstand is that you're interested in, quote unquote, one night stands. So it could be all those little things. Um, yeah, little things like that. There's That makes me think then, like, what other little things? You were talking earlier about the the sad woman in the art and realizing all of them in your home were single sad women. <laughs> and I'm curious, like, what are some more little things, whether it's with your in your life or with your clients that mm-hmm. maybe they didn't realize it was such a big deal, but it was coming up in their life a lot. Okay. So let's say I just got a, um, I just had a, a mini consultation with a woman who felt like she wasn't getting the acknowledgement at work that she, um, that she felt she deserved. She does a hard job and nobody was supporting her in that. And her boss didn't recognize it. And she was getting a lot of pushback. So when you looked at, and that's fame and reputation. So when we look at her fame and reputation area, it's the kitchen sink. It's the kitchen. And so the deal with water, which is bathrooms and kitchens, the chi flows down the drain because that's where waste goes, you know, water flows through. So that good energy is flowing out. And when I looked at her space, well, it was a virtual look, but when you look at her space, it needed a balance of fire because fire controls water and water controls fire because they're opposites. So we needed a balance of that. And, you know, she was worried she's going to be let go. So I said, well, let's just to put a red candle there and let's close the drains and then put an image up there of, I don't know, a stage with the curtains and someone receiving an award. Or I have an image on my vision board for that area of uh, the Nobel Peace Prize because what comes with that is the reputation of trust, honor, and honesty and truth and people believe in you when they see that you've received that. So that imagery I told her about, and I have it in mind. I told her about that. So you can do just like little things like that. So interesting. What about small, not small, excuse me. What about misconceptions that people have around feng shui like do you notice they come to you with one thing and then you're like wait I don't know you know what you're talking about like does that ever happen yeah I think people are very stuck on the traditional feng shui which is compass feng shui where you look at a compass site that you know like let's say um your bed should be in the northwest corner or little things like that and um it's not black and white because we are not black and white there are shades of gray And um, I think they also have the misconception that it's connected to religion and that there's no science based to it. And I like to point out to them that it is crystal clear that um, kids who grow up in environments that aren't well balanced, they're these horrible urban environments where there's no greenery and nature, Um, those kids don't thrive in schools as well as 
kids who grow up in different areas that have a more um, cohesive and balanced um, aesthetic. So, and we don't. So as within, so without is, is a little saying. And that means what our inner sanctuary is and what our minds are thinking, what we're thinking is reflected in our environment and our environment mirrors our inner sanctuary and our mental wellness. So let's say everybody's working in their offices these days, your home office. So I had found that if I could never find what I just had my hands on. And then when I looked around, I was like, well, it's a, it's a mess here. There are papers everywhere. So if it's a chaotic environment, your thoughts and your actions are going to be chaotic. You're not going to be open to opportunity because you can't even find the damn pen you just had your hands on. So, so true. <laughs> you know, and then you look around, you're like, oh, I have all these papers and I don't need to keep paper. So I need to get rid of 27 things a day until everything, one, yeah, I put my hands on it. It has to go where it's supposed to be, you know? So it's all of those little, um, little things that can help move you towards a positive flow of energy. What about, you did mention Marie Kondo earlier, and I'm Uh also thinking of the home edit on Netflix And the home edit was really about organizing and making space in your house. And Marie Kondo was about decluttering a lot. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious your, your thoughts on that. Like was feng shui incorporated in that or is that part of feng shui at all? Big part. So the first, very first thing that you do in feng shui is declutter. You get rid of what doesn't speak to you. Every room, what doesn't speak to you at the present. Um, You get rid of, or anything that you don't really love. So every room in your home or every space, because we do a lot of, we have a lot of open concept living, but every space should have something that you love. You look, you walk in that room and you adore it and it feels good. And all the other stuff can, can let go. You need to organize it or you need to really get rid of it. And that is the first step to opening opportunity and opening that positive flow of energy. Because if you can't, if you're pushing the paper to the right and pushing this to the left to get to the laptop to do this, money's not going to flow in. You're not organized enough to have the meeting with the boss. You, you know, you're, you're just dog paddling in life and you don't want to dog paddle. Decluttering is one of the hardest things to do because we all act, you know, that we're going to wear the one dress to a club that we bought 12 (laughs) months ago. Clubs are shut down, but we're going to somehow wear it. And, you know, that one Mm -hmm. pen that doesn't even work, but it's from Mm -hmm. our favorite hotel and we just don't want to throw it away. Like, how do you deal with when people get really, we talked about sentimental items, but when people really think that they're going to use something, do you have any type of rule in place to help them declutter? I, you know, there's a lot of handholding and talking to people. So you can declutter in um, subjects. So you declutter paper, you declutter clothes, because you, you if you go into a room and you have paper, clothes, and furniture, and pens, and all kinds of stuff, it's overwhelming. You're walking out. Nothing's getting done. So you concentrate on one facet. So let's do paper. Where does this paper go? And my rule of thumb is, so before this, I used to do wardrobe for Broadway shows. And a big part of doing wardrobe is teaching people how to do the laundry because we provide the underwear and the socks and things for performers on shows. So my rule of thumb, when you're trying to organize the laundry, I use it in my home. I use it when I tell my clients, you put your hands on it, it goes where it's supposed to be. It's supposed to go into a file. Then you walk over there and you put it in the file. Don't make another pile because you'll never do it. Put it in the garbage if it belongs in the garbage. The The most effective way to not deal with, let's say, junk mail is I have a shredder at the front door. 
The moment you put wow. your hands, the moment you put your hands on any mail that comes in, if you don't need it, don't put it down, shred it. So good because it gives it that when we're talking about energy too, like you said, you're kind of truly like shredding the energy away and junk mail usually just never serves a purpose. So, so like you said, to have it just hanging around on your desk or, you know, de mm -hmm. uh, kitchen, it's like, well, that's bringing in that energy of like, this is not useful. And then it piles up and now you just have all this not useful energy in your home. So mm -hmm. I imagine a big place that people get caught up in is their garage. Like, I think people... The garage somehow was meant for cars and now has turned into like a dumping ground for people's <laughs> junk and holiday decorations and, you know, things from 20 years ago. Yeah. Do you do feng shui in the garage? Is that oh, I, did. I had to feng shui in my garage. So the deal with the garage is that it's not going to be the pretty room, right? Um, but it should be as clean and tidy as it can be. And you should only have what's in there that belongs in a garage. So that's tools, you know, that's snow shovels and um, maybe some shelving and things like that. I mean, it does speak to our culture that we have a $30,000 car in the driveway and we have, you know, $400 worth of crap in the garage. But <laughs> when you can, you know, recognize that you kind of have a good laugh. And I just, I, I had to really clean up and look at a lot of the things that I had I was storing there. So let's say I used to have the baked goods company. So I had set it up so everything was easily accessible. I could go onto the shelf and grab it and put it in the car to get to the kitchen. I'm not using any of that stuff. It's been like two years. Why is it there? What are you doing? So I, you know, you get rid of the stuff that doesn't speak to you. And I was holding on to it, like maybe, and then we have a pandemic. Where am I going? I'm not doing yeah. that. You're not, you're not baking for multitudes of people. And even towards the end of that, I was trying to get it on an airline. So you were never going to bake in your house again. What are you doing? <laughs> somebody else might want to start a cupcake company with their, with their child. And they could use that if I dropped it off to a secondhand store. What about the idea that when you say the secondhand store, like let's say you have some secondhand stuff in your own closet. Is that, I don't know, is that bad energy? Is that okay? I would love to hear more about that. Oh, that's okay. I mean, that's a gift from someone else for an opportunity for you to have harmony in your life. It may speak to who you are now. You may be able to incorporate it into your wardrobe now. Um, I always say that. So just like the chandelier example, the moment I let it go and put it away, I, I just knew somebody else was waiting for it. It was perfect for them for their home. So People release things that no longer serve them, but they may serve you, you know, so that little vintage capelet is really cool and kind of funky with your up-to-date jeans, you know, and your, you know, right. your little, your shooties that you got on sale over at Nordstrom's. I mean, you know, so you can make it work. It's hard for us as women, I think. Because we look at those jeans that we have had for 30 years and you know you you plan to get back into them. And mm -hmm. you don't get back into them because even if you could, they're out of date and out of style and you look like an old fool in them. So don't do it. Now, I'm thinking of something that just popped in my head around the bathroom the bathroom, you know, the shower is so symbolic of like cleansing. And then obviously mm -hmm. the toilet is where the waste goes. Then you have mm -hmm. the bin with trash. And, you know, that's part of life. We have to, you know, put our waste somewhere. But yes. is there some, is there a, a feng shui tip or anything that we can think of in the bathroom? Or, and what does the energy mean in bathrooms? Oh my God. I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> so <laughs> bathrooms are notorious chi drainers. So chi is, is um, energy in feng shui. Um, so they are notorious chi drainers. 
the chi goes down the drain. So I close my drains and the toilet seat is always down. So because, you know, as you said, bathrooms are for waste and release. So dead skin cells in the shower and waste in the toilet. I shut all the drains down. Now, mind you, if you live with people, you might have to give them an opportunity to get used to that. So you could cover the drains at night to get people accustomed to, you know, this new um, method of living that you choose. So I do that. And because bathrooms are a big water element, um, I balance it with, I have um, a candle in there and I have, I have a fire element candle. So I have created a, a line of candles that align with the elements. So I like the fire element candle because that controls the water element. I light it every morning to kind of balance that energy in there. So I have that. I have a plant which also balance the energy, which it, you know, water, plants draw water. Um, and uh, what else do I do in there? And the colors. So water is considered black and dark colors. So you balance that with a white or light color. So th those are all the ways I balance the energy. And I also keep the door closed. So that the you know, the chi, it, there's no way for the chi to escape and there's no way for the chi to bounce out of there and go down the drain. Just close the door. Doors closing is something I always hear about too, like keeping the energy in that room. Is there any exception to that where we should leave a door open? Um, I don't mind the doors being open, except for the bathroom. Um, what I do like as I said earlier, is that the chi needs to travel like a river. So it needs to um, bounce off of things that your eye is drawn to. So when you walk, so if there's, let's say the back door faces the front door, which is horrible for your energy, you open the front door, you see the window and the door to the back door. You need to create distractions for the eye and for the energy to flow. So to the right, you might have a sofa table that has um, where you put your keys and um, a few items on there um, so that the chi doesn't fly all the way out the door quickly. Mm -hmm. um, I, yeah, the, the, the bathroom is the only place where I, I have to have the door closed. Other than that, we try to balance everything within those areas and particularly hallways. So hallways, they can be dark, shady. And if you can light things up, get yourself a little tiny LED nightlight that, that lights up when someone walks by it, or as soon as it's dusk, it comes on and soon daylight comes, it goes off. So bringing light to all these areas help move that energy. Love that. Light is such a mood changer too, right? Like just oh. opening your curtains or your mm -hmm. blinds can change the game. So that's super helpful. Yeah. I would love to end with two final questions. The first one is what are maybe one to three very simple practical steps someone could do right after listening to this podcast to bring some feng shui into their home? Oh, living plants or flowers. That's live energy is the way to go. Um, you can have faux plants, um, but not dried as we talked because that's dead energy. But I recommend getting flowers and they don't have to be expensive. They can be cute little carnations, but some kind of living energy in your home. And also if that can be the, one of the first things you see when you enter your home, that's um opening opportunity, which is lovely. I would say, let's talk about that entryway. And for us, majority of us tend to enter our homes through the garage or the back door. Go through your front door and front entry as if you are the biggest guest you would ever have over to dinner. Because you are a guest in your home. You deserve to have that energy. 
So you um, sweep that front area, bring that energy, that positive, active energy and chi in, and you'll see a big difference. It's, it's amazing. Just something as sweeping your front entry and using the front door um, because you are a guest and you deserve it. That's amazing. Just sweeping and and simple tips and all these are free, right? Like, yeah. yes, maybe a plant, you have to go buy it, but it's not something that's going to break the bank. So mm-hmm. I love how practical these are. Yeah. Yeah. I always wanted to be able to give people options that they can do in their home. If they want bigger, you know, um, items that they can buy, I always give a list, a shopping list, whether I'm lands- doing a feng shuiing a landscape or a business or just within their home. Practical tips that anyone can use because um, I want it to be accessible to everyone. I want everyone to have that vibe. Love it. And I definitely want people to understand how to work with you. But my last question is, this podcast is called In My Non-Expert Opinion. So is there something you're currently not an expert in that you wish you were an expert in? Like, What would you be doing if you really could do anything that was outside of what you're doing now? Outside of what I'm doing now, I would... I love, as you can tell, I'm chatty. So (laughs) I love talking to people. And I would be just drenched in um, being multilingual. Like I would just be studying the languages and I could work with people and help them navigate whatever they need to in life. So, um, yeah, you know, studying languages and um, connecting with people and hearing their stories. So whatever way I could do that is what I would be doing. And I think you need a podcast. That's what (laughs) is coming to me too. (laughs) This would be so helpful to hear on a weekly basis, like quick feng shui tips and how to really enhance your life. I would listen. So just letting you know. Okay. I'll keep it in mind. (laughs) (laughs) So you do obviously do the virtual consultations. Can you tell everybody about them and how to get in touch and whatever other resources you may have available? Oh, sure. So uh, my website is ansuchlifestyle.com. I'm on Instagram at ansuchlifestyle. I give feng shui tips every week, every day of the week. I give accountability tips as well, because once we take ownership, um, we can move forward and embrace that, you know, energy flow. So I give all that. And um, on the website, they can certainly see Um, everything that I do, I offer remotely. If they don't see what they want, they can simply send me an email. I'm really easy about that. And, um, they can actually go on the website. I have what my, I give freebies all the time. And I have one list there that I think everyone could use who's listening to this. And it's the top 10 mistakes you could be making in your home with feng shui and it gives a, it gives remedies for each of those and they just have to go onto the website to the member vault and you just have to give your email and you have access to all of the freebies not just that one and um and that's really it oh and i also have um for your listeners um a coupon chelsea 20 for 20 percent off of any product or service That is so generous. Thank you so much because I already know people are going to be flying to your website, especially like I said, I know everybody's locked down and needs some enhancement with their space. So this is so amazing that you are offering that and have so many resources. So I really appreciate it. it. I can't wait to help everyone. I think um, the having that positive energy flow is just a lifestyle they can embrace every day. And I am thrilled to help them figure it out and how they can put it into their life and their daily practice. I think it's just um, transformative. So exciting and so helpful. This this conversation was so valuable. I learned everything you said was new to me outside of like two things. So I'm going to have to listen back and take notes. Awesome. I love it. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. Yeah. Thank you so much. And everybody, I will link all of Dawn's resources in the show notes as well. So be sure to check it out. And of course you can tag us on Instagram, screenshot this episode. Let us know what your favorite part was. And Dawn, thank you so much again for being a guest. 
Thank you for having me. I had a blast and hopefully we can do it again soon. Well, there you have it. Everything you need to know about Feng Shui. And I hope you had a notebook because like I said in the beginning, you probably took notes or need to take notes because there is so much valuable information in this podcast. I'm already looking at mirrors in the guest room being like, we need to move those around. The screens are absolutely not being in front of us. And I hope that you guys really take in some information and apply it to your life as well. If you do do that and actually move anything around in your room or your house or anything you learned, tag Dawn and I in your Instagram stories. Just take a picture of this podcast and upload it to your Instagram stories and let us know what your favorite takeaway was. Dawn's handle is at and such lifestyle and mine is just Chelsea Rife, R-I-F-F-E or at non-expert opinion pod. Now, if you write a review, screenshot it before you send it into iTunes and send it to me, info at chelsearife.com, and I will send you a guided meditation. So do that before you submit it because iTunes has a mind of its own in terms of how long it takes to process reviews. Sometimes I see them the next day when someone says they write a review. Sometimes I see it like a month later. So I want you to be able to have access to that meditation earlier. And guided meditations are one of my favorite things to do because I think they're so powerful. And when you have someone guiding you, it helps you relax and really set into the scene and into your body. So again, just take a screenshot, send it to info at chelsearife.com, and I will shoot over a guided meditation for you. Now, if you are interested in the one-on-one coaching, be sure to check out the application in the show notes, or just shoot me a DM at Chelsea Rife, and we'll have a conversation in the, in the DMs and see if this is the best next step for you. And as always, I love, 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 love to hear from you all. So if you want to shoot me a message, an email, anything, visit in my nonexpertopinion.com or chelsearife.com. And the associated Instagram handles are just nonexpertopinionpod and Chelsea Rife. And you can always write in to hello at in my nonexpertopinion.com with any questions, any feedback, anything you loved. I absolutely love to hear it all. And I really appreciate when I hear from you guys, whether that is, again, a comment, a piece of feedback, whatever you want, a guess that you want to hear. I love hearing that as well. All right. With that, I will see you next week.